Turn with me in the scriptures to uh, Romans, the sixth chapter. We looked at this last Friday. I want to continue with it tonight. And I want us to, uh, to act on some of these things. We're going to be uh, receiving healing tonight before the service is over. When I say healing, I'm including deliverance. Sometimes folks need to get free from stuff. And sometimes healing is when there's been damage and it needs to be fixed. Well, the Lord is the Lord who fixes us. He's the Lord, our physician. He's our deliverer. And he's our fixer, our healer, our great physician. And what we've been talking about last week goes, this is part of it. In Romans, the sixth chapter and the 11th verse, he said, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Faith, according to Romans 4, like Abraham did, like God himself does, calls those things that be not as though they were. And this is one of the more challenging things, it seems like, for church-going folks to get a hold of. You know, you hear people say, well, I'm not going to say I've got something that I don't have. I can't feel and see. Well, what if God was like that? What if he said, I'm not going to say light be, and there's no light. I'm not going to call Abraham a father of many children, and they don't have a child of their name. We're supposed to be imitators of God. As dear children, we're supposed to act like our father. So even though you may have fallen in the same area 183 times, (laughs) might as well laugh. (laughs) It ain't funny, but I know what you mean. Faith people are not going to say, I can't get free from this. No matter what I do, I wind up doing it again. No matter what I try, I've tried everything and I can't quit smoking. I've tried everything and I can't quit drinking. I tried everything, I can't lose any weight. I've done everything and I can't quit spending too much money. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. Let me help you out. (laughs) It's right under your nose. Your mouth, your words are working death and they're bringing you into bondage. Faith doesn't talk that way. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith won't say I can't. Faith says I can. Maybe I hadn't done it yet. Maybe I've missed a thousand opportunities to do it. But I'm not going to say I can't do it. Because the Bible doesn't say I can't do it. The Word says I can 
do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So if you think right and you know the truth and you know how these things work, people couldn't hit you with a bat and make you say, I can't be free. You will never say it. That's the situation where your words are stout against God's. If he says you're free and you say, I know I'm not. If he says you can do it and you say, I know I can't. Then your words are in direct opposition to his. And you know whose words are going to carry more weight in your life? More weight than God's words. Now I know that just don't even sound right. But if he says you can and you says I can't, guess what's going to happen? You can't because you don't agree with him. Your words carry more weight in your life than anybody's words. God's given us this choice. He's given us this, this ability to choose our words, even if they're contrary to him. But if you're smart... If you got just some smarts, you'll get a revelation. I should agree with him. Right? I should agree with him. If he says I'm righteous, why should I keep saying I'm no good? Did I lose somebody? If he says I'm healed, why should I, why should I argue with him and say I know I'm not? If he says, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed, I've delivered you from all the power of darkness. Why should you insist, I'm not free, I can't be free, I've tried everything. Oh, but friend, when you decide, I'm going to agree with him. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, if he says I'm free, I'm going to call myself free. If he says I'm righteous, I'm going to call myself righteous. If he says I'm healed, I'm going to call myself healed. And you begin to do what he does. He calls those things that be not as though they were and they become. Hallelujah. He calls it into being. Well, I'm not God. You're his child. You got his nature in you. And you're never going to find a better way that works to do things than the way God does them himself. What he does works. Hallelujah. Faith people learn how to do it. Have a mountain of bills in front of you and you say, I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call every debt paid off. When you don't have one clue how it could ever happen, you're walking by faith. When your body's racked with pain, when you got terrible symptoms, when they just gave you the worst report you've ever got, you thank them for their time. Don't cause the doctors and nurses problem. <laughs> You went to them to get some help. Let them help you. 
But realize they're just human beings. They don't know everything. They can't fix everything. Thank God we got a great physician, right? But then when you leave, you may sit out in your car with that bad report in your hand. You need to put it somewhere else and say, I call my body healed. I call my, listen to me, immune system, I'm talking to you. Be strong, be very strong, and fight this. Kidneys, I'm talking to you. Lungs, I'm talk- you're my lungs, and I got a right to talk to you, and you have to listen to it when I speak in faith, in Jesus' name. Heart, be clear. Lungs, be clean. Blood, be cleansed. Live. Liver. I got a live liver. My liver lives. My kidneys live and work right. All of my glands. I don't even have to know all of them. All my glands work like they're supposed to work. My blood, my immune system, the marrow in my bones. You call those things that be not. Hallelujah. And that's not what was in my notes. <laughs> but uh, I mean it agrees. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. No matter how it feels. And how much your body may want to do something. Or crave to do something. You say I'm dead to that. Call those things that be not. As though they were. Um, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, your flesh didn't get born again. And your flesh, an unrenewed part of your mind, will want to do things it shouldn't do. That's not the devil. That's you. Come on, are y'all with me? And you need one of the greatest tools that you have to help yourself is faith-filled words. Even I preached on this a year or so ago in another state. Even when you don't want to do what's right. Now don't look at me like that. You can get to a place where you know what's right. You know what you should do. But you're so flesh dominated. You don't want to do it. And you know something's wrong. And you know you shouldn't do it. But your flesh wants to do it. And you want to do it. Even then, you can get help if you'll say, I will to be willing. And you can pray the prayer, the Lord is working in me to will and to do of all his good pleasure. Well, that's, to will means the desire to do it. And to do it is the ability to do it. God will even help you get the desire to want to do what you should want to do already. But you, no matter how low you are, no matter how defeated you are, if you'll begin to give him something to work with, and he is the, um, the high priest of our confession. He works with what we say. Come on, everybody sit out loud. He is working in me. He is working in me. To will, to will and, to do and to do of all his, of all his good pleasure. Hallelujah. 
It doesn't have to feel that way. You need to say it the most when it doesn't feel that way. And you can say, I'm dead to sin when you feel anything but. He goes on to say, verse 13, don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves unto God. So he's saying, as believers, he's writing not to unsaved people. He's not writing to people under the first covenant. He's writing to the church at Rome, the saints that be at Rome. We're part of that same church, New Testament church. And he says, don't yield your members to things that are not right and to sin. Yield yourselves to God. Say it out loud. Yield yourselves to God. What's the understood subject here? You. Who is going to make you yield to God? Nobody. If you don't do it, it won't happen. God will not make you yield to Him. Here's some good news the devil can't. He'd like you to believe he can, but he can't force you to yield to Him, and he can't keep you from yielding to God. Oh, he can tempt you, he can pull on you, he can try to confuse you. He can bring thoughts and feelings and temptations and all kind of stuff. But unless you yield to him, he can't make you. And he can't stop you from yielding to God. That's a good thing to know. I said it's a good thing to know. Now the devil will never tell you this. (laughs) He'll lie to you and tell you you can't. But he's a liar. Remember, he's a liar. He's the father of lies. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves to God. Say it again three more times. Yield yourselves to God. Say it again. Yield yourselves to God. Another time. Yield yourselves to God. You yield yourself to God. The exact same language is used concerning submission. The scripture said, submit yourselves to God. And the understood subject is you. You submit yourself. He's not going to make you do anything. Now in, uh, you don't turn there, but in the Acts, the seventh chapter in the 51st verse, they'll put it on the screen. Acts 7, 51. He said, uh, the Spirit of God through was this Stephen, I think it was, said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always what? Resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do ye. Now there's so much in this. Did you know that it takes time to train people to yield to something? And, uh, well, I'm really getting into some things here, but wrong spirits. Maybe this will answer some questions. There are people who claim reincarnation. And they claim that because through mediums and this one and that one, they know things that nobody else could have known. 
And the reason they could know something about a person that nobody else knew is because that spirit was familiar with them. It's called familiar spirit. And when a person dies, if they yielded to a wrong spirit, not to say they were possessed now, but if they yielded to a wrong spirit and that person dies, that spirit has lost their host. So they go looking for another one. And what they look for is somebody that's as much like that person as they can find. Maybe a daughter, if it was the mother that died. Maybe a son. Maybe a sister. Maybe a whoever. Why? Because it took them maybe decades to train that person to yield to them. Well, we're getting into some things now, which is one of the reasons why those spirits pled with Jesus don't send us out of the country. Why? Because they have trained people through year after year of influences. They've trained people to yield to them. And if, if you won't yield to the enemy, it's like he's on the other side of a plate glass. He wants to influence your life. He wants to say things. He wants to do things. But if you won't yield to him, it's like he's not there. Well, there's a similar thing with the Holy Spirit. It can take him a generation to train people to yield to him in certain ways. And if, if that's not taught, it can be lost. In the, it's like the Spirit of God has to start over to try to train people because he's not going to force people and make people do things. He will prompt. He will bring witness of the Spirit. But it's up to us whether we yield. It's up to us whether we yield to the enemy or whether we yield to the Holy Spirit. People who have what they call really bad tempers are people who have yielded to a wrong spirit, moving them to to anger. They've yielded to it probably for years. I didn't say they were possessed. I said they yielded to it. And what you got to learn is resist it. Don't yield to those feelings. Don't act on those feelings. It'll help you just to say it right out loud. I resist you. Anger, I resist you. Depression, I resist you. Confusion, I resist you. And even though those thoughts and those feelings that you've yielded to 10,000 times, even though they come back another 100 times that afternoon, resist them every time. And if you'll keep doing that, you'll have less and less trouble with it. Because the enemy will learn you just won't yield to it. Well, the Spirit of God will come and try to influence you. But you don't have to yield to Him either. But how many want to yield to the whole? You you want to know it's Him. Two of the greatest things you could ever learn in life is what to yield to and what to resist. A whole lot of folks are yielding to things they got no business yielding to. They should be resisting. 
And then you got people resisting the Holy Spirit when they should be yielding to Him. Say it out loud, Father God, teach me, enlighten me, illuminate my heart and understanding to what is your Spirit and what is not your Spirit. What's just my flesh? What's the enemy? What is not you? That I may cease to yield to that and resist it steadfast in the faith. And teach me what is your spirit that I may be confident and yield to your spirit and yield fully and completely and respond quickly and please you in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I believe that was worth coming to church right there. What do you think? You know the Lord is His will to answer that prayer. Thank you, Father. Second Chronicles 30, verse 8 says, uh, Don't be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord. Stiff-necked. Now that paints a picture, doesn't it? <laughs> what does stiff neck look like? What's a picture of that? Not gonna do it. You can't make me. You nor your brother nor your entire horse team. <laughs> Wild horses couldn't drag me away, make me do Friend? You do not want to be like that ever with the Lord. Because all you do is cut yourself. He will let you be that way. He will let you do your thing. And he won't make you. But you'll miss out. You'll miss out on things you should have been receiving. Say it out loud. Don't be stiff-necked. But yield yourselves. To the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Yield yourself. Who's going to make you yield? I have to do it myself. I have to yield myself. This stiff nakedness, this, this resistance, this spirit of disobedience that the world is full of. All you got to do is be that way, is be born into this world. Because the spirit of that, the spirit of disobedience, the Bible said, is throughout the world. Little ones that shouldn't be that way. There will come a time when they'll look at you and go, no, no. What is it? They're yielding to the spirit of disobedience. And if, it's, if they don't get a hold of it, if they don't learn how to stop that, it can ruin their lives. It can ruin their lives. I'm not talking about being mean, being hard with them, but you need to teach them from a very early age what you're learning yourself, what to resist, and what to yield to. Because if I yield to the wrong thing, it's going to destroy me. It's going to cost me. If I yield to the enemy, what's he going to work in my life? Stealing, killing, destroying. If I yield to the Holy Spirit, what's he going to work? Life and peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. 
All the fruit of the Spirit, which is nothing but good, nothing but good, everything good. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. To yield, let me give you some of the definitions of the word yield. To yield means to give in. It means to stop resisting. It means to go along with. It means to submit to. To yield. Notice in Proverbs 29. We want to act on this. Say it out loud. I do not resist the Holy Spirit. See, even if we've done it a bunch, we're faith people. We cause those things, right, that be not as though they were. We give the Holy Spirit complete place in our lives, and we give the devil no place in our lives. How many think that will, ch- if you do that, that will change your life, man. That, will, that means you've got the Holy Spirit working, and the devil is not able to work. That's what we want. We want to shut the enemy down, shut him out, and we want to let the Holy Spirit have his way. Every day, morning, noon, and night. If he says pray, we pray. If he says give, we give. If he says obey, we obey, right? Whatever he says, we yield to him. And he doesn't have to try to push us or make us. We, uh, you know, the... Psalmist talks about my let my reins guide me, R E I N S, and it's talking about your insides, but it correlates with a horse's reins. Those of you that know about horses, I don't claim to know much about it, but I know there's a difference between a horse that's not well trained that you have to have a bit in their mouth. And you have to pull and put pressure on it. Or elsewise they won't respond. There's something else. It's called a rain trained. Horse. It's like power steering. Yeah. On a horse. You're not wrestling with the horse. The horse has been trained to the point. To when they feel. That slight weight. And to a big horse. What's a little rain must feel like. On the side of the thick skin on your neck. But they feel the slight pressure of that rain. And they just yield. And go that way. And then you you lay this rain over on this side. And they just yield. And they go that way. I know it pleased the Holy Spirit very well. If we'd be rain trained. You hear people say, well, he's going to have to write that in the sky for me or show me some kind of angel visit or something. You ain't rain trained. You're stubborn. You want somebody to take a stick and and beat you the right direction. But he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Now, the devil will do that. Beat you the wrong way if you let him. But. We don't want to do that. We don't want to try to make it hard for the Lord to get through to us. We want to be prayed up. Read up, fed up on the Word of God. Prayed up in the Holy Spirit. Come here with me. Listening. Paying attention. He didn't even have to say it twice. 
He just gives us something one time. I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice or seeing or feeling something physically. We get a witness on the inside. We know it's him. We know which way to go. And we function by the unction. We're flowing in the knowing. And the spirit who lives in us bears witness with our spirit. And we follow that witness. We follow it quickly. We respond quickly. We respond fully. We don't resist the Holy Spirit. We yield to the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and set by faith. I yield to him. Morning, noon, and night. I, I yield to the Holy Spirit in me. Praise God. Praise God. Did I mention the verse to go to? Yeah, Proverbs 29.1. He said, He that often, being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, what will happen? He'll show everybody he's no doormat. No. <laughs> Suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. All you're doing, being hard-headed and stubborn, is setting yourself up. May not happen now, may not happen next week, but destruction will hit you. The way of the transgressor is hard. Without remedy, I hadn't noticed this till I looked at this in Young's literal translation, which is a very accurate, authoritative translation. Look at Young's literal. A man often reproved, hardening the neck, is suddenly broken and there's no healing. Well, remedy is another word. They thought this was the better word. There's no healing. God is the healer. But healing must be yielded to. You must receive healing. You don't want to take a a stiff neck stance and go, well, zap me if you can. (laughs) Zap me if you can. Bless me if you can. I've been prayed for by the best. Now we're going to try you and see what you can do. Well, I tell you ahead of time. (laughs) Nothing. No man is the healer. And if God's not going to make somebody receive, man or woman can't make somebody receive. Shouldn't try. That's not what it's about. We should be responsive. Receivers. Not hard, stiff-necked and stubborn and hard-headed, but quick to yield. Quick to believe. Quick to receive. Quick to act on the promptings and urgings of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Look with me in the first, excuse me, Luke 6, 19. Got just a couple more scriptures for you. Luke 6, 19. In Jesus' ministry, you see this happen more than once. It said the whole multitude sought to touch him. Why would they want to touch him? It goes back to what he preached. We have reason to believe he used the scripture in Isaiah repeatedly saying the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. He's anointed me 
to preach. He's anointed me to heal. He's anointed me to deliver. And as he talked about that anointing, people believed that the power was there, the anointing was there, and they wanted to touch. They wanted to receive. They had faith in the power. Somebody said, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus, of course, the power was there. No, you misunderstand. The power was not on him as a man until he was baptized in the River Jordan. And the Holy Spirit came on him. You remember that? And Acts 10, 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, these names refer to him being a man. Not his deity. Jesus was his name. Nazareth is where he's from. It's like saying Joe from uh, Branson. Refers to his, the natural part of his life. And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Hallelujah. He had faith in that anointing and he preached about the anointing And faith comes by hearing. The people heard him preach about the anointing. They had faith in the anointing. And they received. And they yielded to that anointing. They received that anointing in their bodies. And it delivered them. It drove out wrong influences. And it restored and healed their bodies. Am I telling it right? Have you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Glory to God. And you see here in Luke 6.19, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue. Now that same word in the same King James Bible is translated power. There went power out of him. And this word power, if you look it up, the definition is miracle working power. I like this phrase, power that makes possible. The Greek word is dunamis. Dunamis. Strong's number 1411. Dunamis. Miracle working power. The power that makes possible. No, you didn't hear that. What if they say, you're too far gone, you can't be healed. The anointing power of God can make it possible that you can be healed and you can live a long life. Yeah, but that's been damaged. It'll never work right. It's not possible. Yeah, not with man maybe, but the miracle working power that makes possible. The dunamis. Hallelujah. That virtue, that anointing, that power that ministered to people in that day was still working in the book of Acts through Peter, through John, through others. How many believe it has continued to work in the church all the way through every generation until this present hour? The Lord has not changed. He hadn't changed his will. He hasn't lost his power. And the Holy Spirit who came on the day of Pentecost, the one who was manifesting, he's the power manifester. He's still here. I said, he's still here? He's still here? He comes to Branson Faith Life Church and Sarasota Faith Life Church 
He manifests in people's bedrooms and offices across the internet. We got a testimony some time ago that a man was at a cyber cafe, a, a coffee tea place, and this is on the other side of the world, watching the service. And we had a, a line for people to get be filled with the Spirit. He got filled with the Spirit of God, started talking in tongues at that little table with his coffee in the cyber cafe. Well, I reckon the Holy Spirit is still here. He's still, he's still here. Just like when Jesus ministered to people, just like when it happened with Peter and John in the book of Acts, he's still here. He's still here. The thing is, some people respond to him and yield to him, and some don't even believe in him. So they're not going to respond. And you can, you cannot respond correctly, even though something is there and real. Let me explain that a little bit further. I heard Brother Hagin teach on this. There's a reason I knew anything about it. But he said, in laying hands on people to be filled with the Spirit, when the Spirit of God comes on them, they can shout the power off instead of yield and speak in tongues. And you can, you can disperse what the Spirit of God's trying to do. Because he's not going to make you do something. The correct response would be to yield your tongue. And speak in tongues. And I've had people try to argue with me about that. And say, well, I, I got filled with the Spirit, but I didn't speak in tongues. And people get into big theological debates. And what they mean is the Spirit of God came on them. And they sensed his power and maybe had a great time and shouted, but they didn't speak in tongues. So they said, I got filled. Well, I'm not going to discount your experience, but you should have gone ahead and yielded your tongue. And you still can. Everybody can and should. But did you understand what Brother Hagin was talking about? You can respond incorrectly. You know, if you sense... Uh, I've, I've, I've laid hands on people in the healing line before and they sensed the power of God and it scared them. And they jumped back and looked at me. Well, that's a wrong response. <laughs> that's not what we want to happen. We want you to receive that anointing and believe it begins to affect healing and the cure and go to work inside your body. Come on, are y'all with me? I've seen people, because people don't know I've seen them in the healing line praying at the top of their voice. Praying, praying in tongues just as hard and fast as they can. No, no, no. That's not what we're doing here. You can't receive when you're so busy giving out. You need to be in a receiving mode. You're not yielding. When you're giving out. I've had people, you know, quoting scriptures to me and, and telling me things when I'm trying to pray for them. No, 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 honey, no. That's not what's supposed to be happening right now. You got one job. Open your heart. Open your mind. Believe. Not based on feeling, based on faith. Believe that you receive the anointing. 
and that the anointing comes into you and begins to work and do in you what it is already God's will. What's already been bought and paid for. Can you say amen? amen? Believe that you receive. Just like when you received Jesus and got born again. And when you received the Holy Spirit, you sensed the power. You could jump. You could run. You could dance. Well, don't do that right now. Speak in tongues and yield yourself fully. Then run, dance, all you want to. <laughs> You can shout the power off. You can respond incorrectly. There are a lot of times folks, they don't realize they sense the power of God, so they start yelling and hollering and screaming, and you can't hear what the preacher's saying anymore. They are. They know the power's real, but they're responding incorrectly because of a lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. Sometimes people, because they, they gave a word one time, and it was a blessing, well, anytime they sense the power, they think they're supposed to give a word. And a whole lot of the things is just for them. But they want to interrupt and let everybody know. <laughs> it can be innocent, but it's still responding incorrectly. Look with me at Luke 8. I'm just about there. Luke 8, 46. This is the woman that had to issue a blood. She pressed through and she touched Jesus, didn't even touch his skin, she touched his clothes. And apparently cloth can transmit anointing, almost like a battery can hold electricity charge. Why do you say that? Because they were brought from Paul's body, handkerchiefs. Or aprons. And when they were laid on the sick and oppressed, they were delivered and healed. That's right. Well, the handkerchief didn't do it. What did it? The anointing of God is real. The power of God is real. I know a lot of folks don't believe in it, but the power of God is real. Do you believe the power of God is real? You remember the scripture talked about on one day Jesus was teaching and preaching. And the house was full, and the Bible said the power of the Lord was present, was there to heal them. But not all of them responded correctly. And so many of them didn't receive. But there was one guy that came down through the roof. He didn't come to judge. He didn't come to critique. He came, Come on, help me out. He came to receive. He received, and the Lord said, your sins are forgiven. And how many think he received that? He said, okay, my sins are forgiven. Then he said, rise up and walk. He received that too. Somebody say, I'm a receiver. I'm a receiver. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, I'm quick. Quick to receive. Quick to respond. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It says, uh, Jesus said, verse 46, somebody touched me, for I perceive that virtue or power has gone out of me. Jesus was aware of this anointing, and when the woman saw she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him before all the people for what cause she touched him and how she was healed immediately. He said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. 
The scripture says in the Great Commission, talking about going into all the world and preaching the gospel, it said these signs will follow them that believe. And one of the signs is they will lay hands. How many know it? Mark 16, verse 18. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why would that be? It went on to say the very next verse. After the Lord had spoken to him, he's received it to heaven. He sat on the right hand of God. They went forth and preached everywhere and the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. That's power. Amen. Is that right? That's power confirming that word. Have we preached some word here tonight? Come on, have we, have we read some scriptures? Have we talked about, do we believe it? Does God still confirm his word, hallelujah, in power and with evidence, evidence, that's what a sign is, following, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.